Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is motivational speaker and owner of the Motivation Factory, Nikki Bradley. Nikki was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, a rare and often deadly form of bone cancer, when she was 16. And that diagnosis had a huge influence on the path her life would take. She set up her own business in 2013 and has worked with Vodafone, Facebook, PayPal, Bank of Ireland, the Irish Cancer Society and the Irish Blood Transfusion Service. Nikki is back on the motivational speaking circuit after undergoing life-changing surgery at the start of the year. Nikki, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. Nikki, you were diagnosed with Ewing's sarcoma at the age of 16. Did that dictate how your life transpired after that in terms of work, study and business? I love this question and I could talk for hours on it, but don't worry, I won't. Um, the short answer is yes. Um, I It absolutely changed the direction in which my life would go. Um, I became a completely different person when I came out the other side of my cancer diagnosis um, and I had a new appreciation for life that I genuinely don't think I would have had had I not been unwell for so long. Um, and yes, certainly in terms of the line of work I'm currently in, I really doubt that would have happened organically. Um, it was a direct result of being sick. And can you tell our listeners uh, a bit about Ewing's sarcoma? So Ewing's is a rare form of bone cancer that primarily affects um, young people and children. I was obviously 16 when I was diagnosed, so I kind of slotted perfectly into that category. Um, it's a very... I suppose it's a strange thing to say it's a very dangerous form of cancer um, the survival rates aren't great um, so the fact that I'm just here is you know amazing in itself um, in terms of how rare it is the year I was diagnosed there was only 16 others in the entire country of Ireland that were diagnosed um, at the same time so that's 17 people in the entire country um, given life changing news and back in 2002 which was when I was diagnosed we didn't have the internet like we didn't have it like we have it today so we couldn't just hop online and find all the information that we needed so all we had was the word from our doctor and our doctor actually hadn't heard of the disease himself that's how rare it was so it was a very scary time Up until that point Nikki where did you see your life going? I'd love to say I was one of those hyper-focused teenagers that had a definite goal and plan, but I would be lying if I said that. I was a daydreamer. I, I loved school, um, but it was more the social aspect. And there was certain, do you know what's funny? Um, business studies was actually my favorite subject, um, and that was down to the teachers as well. And I believe so strongly that it's the person that teaches you that allows you to fall in love with the subject. Um, but I was really interested in quite a bit in business um, and I loved English as well. So I always paid attention in those classes. Some of the other classes, not so much. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I had one definite goal and that was that I definitely wanted to go to university. I didn't want to take a year out and go off traveling and see what happens. I wanted to go straight from school to university. Um, but obviously my path changed. 
Your job as a motivational speaker, I'm sure, posed on many chapters of your own life over the last 20 years. Uh, one of the things uh, I was struck by uh, was from an interview you gave recently that you describe yourself as maybe not normal. <laughs> and you've always regarded yourself as, as someone different. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when I said that, but I think my opinion on being different has changed. Um, and it has changed for the better. I still consider myself different. Um, I always say, like, let's call a spade a spade here. If you were to look at me, um, especially when I'm not wearing my brand new prosthetic, you would certainly think that girl looks slightly different. But thankfully, the world that we're in now, difference, um, you know, different abilities, being different is now being celebrated. Um, so, yes, I, I'm, I, I don't fit inside the traditional box and I'm happy about that. Nikki, back in August 2018, you gave a talk in Bal Buffet at a TEDx event and the theme of the talk was, are your limitations real? And you posed a second question, are limitations real? Or are they just in your head? Very relevant to the world of business. It definitely is. Um, obviously, I was, for the most part, talking about our our, our physical and mental um, limitations. But obviously, in business, you know, for people, for people to step into the world of business in the first place um, requires thinking outside the box. Requires having a certain amount of faith in yourself. Um, but once you're you're in that world, you can get very quickly. Um, overwhelmed by what you have to face and just by the fact that if if you don't do well you're not going to get a paycheck at the end of the week um, and you can feel very quickly like your limitations are very real um, and what I was trying to showcase during that talk was that it all comes down to mindset and I've been so grateful to have learned this really important message along the, the past 20 years since my initial diagnosis that I have put myself through physical challenges um, and mental challenges that I know for a absolute fact, had I not have been unwell, I would have struggled having the faith in my own abilities to do such things. Um, and even in the world of business, um, I've had to make decisions that have been extremely scary. Um, but when you, I often say, when you take away, if, you, if possible, if you can take away the emotion from the situation and just look at whatever you're facing from a fact point of view um, write it down look at it um, and see where you want to go um, and don't allow your emotions to come into it and just say if everything was to go right is it physically possible for me to get from A to B and 9 times out of 10 it will be the only thing that will stop you is yourself and that's a really nice kind of message that I have learned along the way you also posed a number of questions at that talk I referred to what is our crutch if at first you fail and our, our goal is too big, we might maybe talk a wee bit of detail uh, on each of those. First, a bit about the crutch, and obviously you're chatting both uh, metaphorically and physically in relation to yourself. Yeah, so obviously when I was delivering that talk, it was on stage, and I was very obviously standing there with bright pink crutches, so it was a nice, um, it was a nice wording, I felt. But definitely, I think we, we all have a crutch, whether it's other people, whether we lean on them too heavily, um, or whether it's, it's just a circumstance, something around us. Um, not everybody realises that they that they have a crutch um, and I think that the first step in being able to be more self-sufficient is actually recognizing that oh hold on a minute I'm possibly leaning on this person a bit much for advice or I'm you know I'm maybe not taking that next step because of this that and the other being self-aware is so incredibly important in business and in life 
Um, and acknowledging that, yes, you know, like I, I spoke in that in that talk about my actual crutch being my crutch. That I, before I was given the news in 2013 that I would remain on these crutches for the rest of my life, I kept making excuses. I remember so clearly in um, the years up to that day saying, once I get off the crutches, I'm going to have the best life. I'm going to go to all the countries that I've always wanted to see and I I didn't realise that I was just kicking the can down the road there was nothing actually stopping me from doing everything I wanted to do as a crutch user um, so being told that I was going to stay on them for the rest of my life was the kick up the bum that I needed um, and I then realised that I had been using them as a metaphorical crutch and the question if at first you fail well failure you have to fail to learn I have failed a million times um, and I think the word failure is synonymous with negative feelings but it doesn't need to be if we succeeded at everything we tried first time we wouldn't appreciate it that is an absolute fact you know if you jumped on a horse tomorrow and became an internationally known um, jockey by next Wednesday you wouldn't appreciate where you've you've come to because you ha- you didn't earn it um, if you jumped on that horse and fell off again five seconds later you'd be slightly embarrassed but you'd look at it and go right what could I do differently how will I stop myself falling and if you know I, I talked about mindset a few moments ago it, it is all about changing how we perceive failure if you start a business and say to yourself in the first year, I want to fail this amount of times because that'll be an individual learning opportunity each time, then suddenly we're looking at failure from a different point of view. And the importance of setting realistic goals that are really attainable. Yeah. So, you know, even with my own speaking career, um, if I had have woke up one morning and said, I want to become a household name in the speaking world, in in less than a year i would have i would have been setting myself up for quite a negative amount of failure um however i knew that for this particular world that i was entering into i knew that for starters i would have to do it for free for at least a year that i I was told by many other speakers on the circuit don't expect to get paid straight away and so i went in knowing that if i really want to do this as a career be prepared to do it as a hobby first um and i i didn't let myself because I'm very much anybody that knows me knows I get carried away very easily as I mentioned I'm a dreamer um, so I had to you know make a conscious effort to set realistic goals um, big goals and little goals but within the big ones break them down and allow myself to achieve these smaller goals along the way Was public speaking something that you were always comfortable with? Absolutely not um, I I loved performing, not in, in terms of speaking, but I loved singing and dancing when I was a child. Um, I loved all of that side of things. But as I grew older, I suppose, you know, when you, especially when you become a teenager, that side of you kind of becomes a little bit more diluted. Um, but speaking wasn't even on my radar. Um, it was because of what happened to me and the lessons I learned along the way that it actually, um, my business happened organically as a result. Can you remember the day and the time that you decided this is what I'm going to pursue now as a business and as a career? I I don't think there was a definite day that I said this is what's going to happen because I actually used to be called Nikki Bradley Beyond Limits and um, that was for my especially for my social media and in the very early days of speaking um, and then I eventually changed it to the Motivation Factory but I do remember my very first talk um, and that is what led to me wanting to do this as a business. Um, Donegal people might remember a very 
um, exciting organisation that was set up by Emma Boylan back in 2014, uh, JCI, Junior Chamber International. Emma has been my best friend since school and she's an amazing businesswoman. Um, And when she brought JCI to Donegal, I took part, I, I signed up straight away simply due to the fact that I knew I'd have to do some public speaking at some point. So just for those that aren't aware, JCI is um, a voluntary organisation that people take part in. It usually actually is business people. Um, young business people will join to learn some skills that will help them in everyday life um, and will also prepare them for events that they will need to be quite professional and also speak publicly. So I had my first speaking engagement through JCI. And I, the reason I remember it so clearly is because I was so nervous I couldn't actually speak off the cuff. Um, I knew that if I tried to memorize like my lines, shall we say, I knew I would forget them. So I actually had to read from an iPad. Um, I didn't want to chicken out and just say, I'm too scared, I'm not doing it. So I made myself stand in front of the audience with an iPad. I looked like a bit of an idiot, but I still did it. And that's the, you know, that's the message there that I didn't let fear take over. I knew that I didn't look, say, as professional by holding the iPad, but at least I did it. I got my message out to my audience and it landed quite well as a result of me just being quite authentic and admitting that, look, guys, this is my first time speaking publicly. B- bear with me. Um, and after that, the the reaction I got um, was so welcoming. Um, and that feeling, it's I feel like it's it must be what like a singer feels when they come off stage. It's that adrenaline. Um, it made me want to go back up straight away. And that was my love affair with public speaking started that day. What size was the audience? Can you remember? I'd say there's about maybe if there was even 20 people in the room. But I've learned since the most people I've spoken to was about 1500 to 2000 and the smallest number I've spoken to was five um, and the smaller groups for me the smaller groups are way harder other speakers would say the opposite other speakers would say they love small groups because it's more intimate uh, intimate, and they can you know engage more with the audience um, which I do love I love that because you can actually speak directly with them but if you forget something that you're going to say or if you have a little blunder on stage they will see it because they're right there in front of you can you talk to me about some of the businesses and organisations that you've worked with, Nikki? I've been really lucky over the years that I've had um, a wide variety of both businesses and charities um, get in touch about speaking engagements. So just to give you a, a quick list, um, Vodafone, Facebook, PayPal, Bank of Ireland, the Irish Cancer Society, PepsiCo, um, the Blood, Fu- Blood Transfusion um, Organisation, yeah, there's, there's, that's just a striker. Um, that was one I did during the summer. Um, yeah, that's off the top of my head. That's the, the, the few that I can think of. And then there's been obviously loads of local companies that have reached out. Um, and I love doing those because nine times out of ten, I actually know the audience, which is lovely. Um, so yeah, that's just a little list. Is there a talk that has given you maybe most satisfaction? My most recent very memorable talk um, was one I did very close after my surgery this year um, and that was with Stryker down in Cork um, just getting there we spoke before we started recording this morning just getting there um, was a thing in itself getting me to Cork before I was back driving back on the road obviously driving from Donegal it was a huge ordeal to get me there and I was still in a, a huge amount of pain um, so to stand up in front of an audience and remain professional and not let the pain be seen on my face was very difficult um, and obviously you're trying to think of everything you want to say you want to deliver a really memorable talk to the audience but at the back of your mind you can't help but think I'm in agony here 
Um, so I felt like my head was very full that day and I was worried that as a result I wasn't just going to do my best. I got a standing ovation that day and I burst into tears, <laughs> which is something I never normally do. I, I'm never really brought to tears. Um, in fact, I never really cried all that much up until this year. I've, been, I've changed a lot um, after my surgery, but I think it's nice. Um, it's nice to show your emotions when appropriate. Um, and that talk stood out to me a lot. They were such a welcoming group and considering Stryker is such a huge organization and the the things that they're doing like the chances are um striker made my second hip prosthetic so for those that don't know i've had two hip replacements both of which failed unfortunately but the second it was nothing to do with the actual prosthesis that was just down to my body um but to stand and deliver a talk to engineers that possibly had at one point something to do with a prosthesis that ended up in my body was absolutely incredible it felt so special to me and as a result of that it'll be one that i'll i'll remember forever nikki you mentioned your surgery this year and it was a huge decision you might uh, talk to me about that decision what led up to it and what was involved the surgery that i had was called um or is called a rotation plasty um it's a very I think it's probably best if your listeners Google it um, because it's quite a complicated, even the definition is quite long. But in a nutshell, it's a form of amputation where they remove um, part of your leg, rotate it 180 degrees and reattach it. Um, I've The issue that in my right leg has always come from the hip, but the rest of my leg has been completely fine. My knee joint and my ankle joint have never had any issues. So... Over the years when, as I mentioned, the two hip replacements both failed and a number of other surgeries we tried all failed, I found myself having to make a decision last August as to what I was going to do next. And I wasn't given many options, but it became clear that a rotation plasty was kind of the best of a bad bunch um, in terms of infection risk and all of that. Um so, yeah, it's I, I refer to it as the best form of recycling I've ever seen because I currently have my knee joint where my hip should be and my ankle joint where my knee should be. Um, so, as I said, I encourage you to Google it to, to understand fully what I'm saying. But I'm sitting here today talking to you with the prosthetic on that um, I wouldn't have been able to wear had I gone for any of the other um, surgery options. And what I really wanted was to feel two feet back on the ground. It's been a very long time since I felt that. Before the surgery, I had an 11 centimeter leg length discrepancy, which means I basically walked on tippy toes on my right foot and... I can't even really put into words how much that affected my balance and how much your balance affects you and your mental health. Always wobbling and never feeling fully secure is an horrible, it's a horrible feeling. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break... Nikki was talking about the major surgery she underwent back in February. And before I got my prosthetic, I was obviously a complete amputee. I only I was standing on one leg, so that feeling of um, my balance being off was was magnified once again. So for the fa- for the past eight months, it's been really difficult to do things like daily things, like have a shower, um, you know, get around my kitchen, just even standing still. 
Um, if I if I'm tired, my balance goes even more, and it, you know it's it's been a difficult road, but. It, now I'm at the stage where I am the most excited because I've I've wanted a prosthetic for a very long time, um, and thankfully because of the Paralympics we are seeing more adapted athletes on mainstream media, um, and to see people perform so well with the likes of a blade is so inspiring to me. Like that is on my bucket list. I want a blade at some point. I want to try and run. I haven't run in over a decade. And in fact, probably closer to, to 20 years actually since I last was able to physically run. So to think that those doors are now opening up to me again um, and I'm very interested in sport. Um, I've, I've worked for Triathlon Ireland and I've been interested in sport in a long time. So um, to be able to think now and start setting goals, uh, sport related goals because of this surgery is incredible. Okay, can you talk to me a bit about uh, your ongoing treatment and having to balance that with keeping a business going? Yes, yeah, so when I made the decision to have this surgery, I obviously, I say I made the decision. In some ways, the decision was made for me, but I, I certainly had a say in when the surgery was going to happen. As a 36-year-old woman, um, I couldn't just say, right, book me in tomorrow. I did have to plan ahead. Um, I also had to you know, try and save as much as I could. Um, and, and there are obviously, um, you know, there's there's different payments that you can get when when you need to um, and that's great especially as somebody with a a disability but that money doesn't go very far um, and I had to think very carefully about about everything Um, so when I did have the surgery in February I was so naive I genuinely had a talk booked in for the end of March in person thinking I would be able to do that that absolutely did not happen (laughs) Um, and as I say you know sometimes I'm a bit unrealistic or a bit of a dreamer Um, but that was okay you know we were able to go online for a lot of things while I was still recovering which it makes me just feel so grateful for the job that I do that um, I am able to take a job and not leave my home um, or I'm able to work with the client and explain to them, look, this is what I'm currently going through. Could we put this online? And I have to say a, a huge thanks to the pandemic for that. Um, it's probably the only positive that came out of the past two and a half years. Um, but so many businesses have gone online or at least um, formed a blended work style, um, which has allowed their employees to have a much more clear work-life balance. Um, and I'm definitely one of those that have appreciated been able to do that. Nikki, how important is it that businesses maybe take a look outside the box and maybe invite someone like yourself to come in and give a different perspective? I think it's so important, and I'm not just saying this for people to book me specifically. I mean, book people like me, um, people that have lived a different life, people that have had to face genuine hardship, um, and especially people that have come out the other side with a positive attitude because... Depending on the type of business, um, let's say, let's just say, for example, you worked in um, a web design company. You've got a client account manager, probably the owner who brings in the sales. You've got web developers. Um, these are all different people that have different skill sets, but they're all under the one roof, all working towards the same goals. It's so important to have an outsider point of view. And even if they're not coming in telling you how to run your business but just having somebody come in that isn't part of your organization giving their opinion on certain things is so refreshing 
Um, and it's so invaluable. You know, I would highly encourage people, if they haven't already done it, to have a little look and see who's who's offering those types of services um, because they could be the difference between success and failure for your business. Are businesses and companies who don't uh, go down that road, are they missing a trick? I think so. I really do. I think that... You know, you can you can look at especially motivational speakers and the big names out there. Um, a lot of sports personalities will go into um, speaking afterwards um, and their fees are astronomical. And if you were to look at the really big names, obviously that could be out of reach for your business. Um, so you kind of tend to think, well, if I can't afford them, I can't afford anybody, so we'll just not bother. Um, and also some people maybe have an opinion that like why do we need their opinion like why do we need them to come in and tell us what to do and um, so there's a little bit of ego in there as well and um, if you can let that go and even just you know from an experimental point of view just say we'll bring in one speaker and if they if it doesn't work then we'll reevaluate it but at least give one business like one other business the opportunity to come in and change your mind because you never know what could happen and in terms of feedback and reaction Nikki do you get the opportunity to see how your talk went down I do. I always ask, and I think it's really important in business, no matter what you're doing, ask for feedback. Um, and I will say that I, I specifically say in my emails, I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't want you to just make me feel great. Like if I did something wrong, if I didn't connect with your audience, please let me know because how am I meant to learn if I don't know what I've done wrong? Like if I walk off stage thinking that went brilliant and actually they're like, well, no, like nothing you said was relevant to our group. I'm going to go into the next event and do something similar and not learn from my mistakes. So as much as getting somewhat negative or hard-hitting feedback is difficult to hear, um, it's really important in business. Um, so, yeah. What's the best bit of feedback you got to date? I think the, the best bit of feedback usually comes from individuals coming up f um, and sharing their story. And that's that's the business owner as well as um, it, c it can be anybody. And because of the content that I tend to share... Nine times out of ten, they don't come up to talk business. They come up to tell me what's going on in their personal lives. But what I always think about that is if what's going on in your personal life is having such a huge impact on you, how are you meant to go into work at nine o'clock on a Monday morning and perform to the best of your ability? It's just not going to happen. The two have to be running side by side and communication is so important. So for those people to share their story with me, it's allowing them to get it off their chest and then go back into work fresh and able to, you know, carry on with their day. Based on your own experiences, Nikki, if there was one thing in business that you could change, what would that be? I had a very interesting conversation with a general manager of a hotel last week. Um, I won't name them now, although I did name them on LinkedIn, um, but it was such a positive experience. So I'm going to share the story very quickly with you. Um, so obviously I'm an amputee, I walk with crutches. Um, and what I will say is people with disabilities, if you're traveling and especially if you're traveling alone, the onus is on you to call ahead. You're the person with the disability. It's not fair for you to turn up to a hotel and give out if it's not acceptable. You know, I always do that. I think it's just only fair to ring and ask, which I did, and I was told what to do. Um, long story short, their car park was about a five-minute walk um, away from the hotel, and the car park itself was an absolute nightmare. Um, I had to get out of my car three times, which is very difficult at the moment for me to do. Um, and I went into the hotel and shared my annoyance with um, with the general manager and how he dealt with it changed my opinion completely to the point where I will recommend that hotel to anybody and everybody because of the staff. Um, so what did he do that, that changed things for the better? He listened 
It was as simple as he sat me down and listened. He didn't start reaming off these um, a list of things he'd learned, to, you know, what to do in a crisis. He, he, he spoke to me from one human to another and instantly I let my barrier down as a result and I knew he was being genuine. That authenticity shone through because I can spot a phony a mile off and I actually said that to him I was like if you had have sat here and you know just fed me lines I would have got up and left and you would have just annoyed me all the more so it was down to his personality and um, he changed everything for me but just to actually answer your question um, what I would love to see businesses just even become more aware of is for people like me that want to actually want to give hand over their money to that business but sometimes physically can't get through the door um, you know it's not good enough in 2022 to not be able to get into a building why is that Nikki? for the likes of Dublin it's it's actually down to the building itself a lot of buildings are listed um, and making changes to the buildings or to the outside um, is really difficult to get to go ahead for that but for a lot of other people it's just down to the fact that they haven't come across somebody in the workforce that has any form of disability and therefore it hasn't been on the radar which still I think isn't good enough Would you have found that since your visits to businesses and giving talks in various locations that that has changed their mindset? I would definitely say it has um, and a lot of them have actually said that to me um, and they've asked my advice what now I'm not a professional in that industry I just go on what I know that I would need or what a wheelchair user would need um, and quite a lot of the time when I go into um, a business they'll actually show me around um, they'll give me um, a visit of their site and allow me to kind of give my feedback and I'm off, I'm not going to rip them to bits but I will give some gentle feedback on what they could be doing differently sometimes you know, a simple automated door rather than a heavy door that you have to pull towards you. Like if I was in a wheelchair, I wouldn't be able to lean forward, pull a door open, wheel myself through. Like how is that physically possible? That's that's just before you even get into the building. So you can imagine the obstacles that people like that are facing once they actually get in. So it's simple changes that can be done over time that won't break the bank, but will make a huge difference to a lot of people. So ultimately, Maggie, it's about awareness. A hundred percent. And everything we've discussed today is about awareness physical awareness mental awareness self-awareness it's just about opening your eyes looking around and not always staying in your own lane like look around see what's happening um, and don't be afraid to ask people like me like ring me up and ask my opinion i'm not going to be offended um talking about disability and even the word disability it's that's not a negative word it's just a, a word used to describe a, an amazing group of people that live life ever so slightly differently. Tell me, what's the best lesson that you've learned in business to date? The best lesson is probably, I'd say it's about fear. Um, and it's something that we can all relate to both in business and in life. Fear very nearly took over for me and especially this year. Um, it very nearly stopped me from going back to work. And I had to push through and had to reach in and grab every bit of strength that I had to make myself not even go back to work, but leave the house and face the public looking the way that I did and face the stares that I, I very obviously got where when I went places. I had to sit myself down and say, if I can just push past these couple of things that really scare me, it's going to benefit me and my business. And thankfully, it worked. Did you reach your lowest point in your 20 years at that time? I think I reached my lowest point this year. Um, I My operation took more out of me than I ever could have imagined. And if I had have been told 
what lay ahead, I wouldn't have gone ahead for it. And for that reason, I'm so glad they didn't tell me because I'm so glad I actually had the operation. But the first couple of months after my surgery, I had a lot of personal things going on um, as well as facing the physical side of my surgery. For example, um, my wound, we couldn't get it to heal. I was home from the hospital about a month and a half and the wound still hadn't healed and as a result of that I wasn't able to start my physiotherapy so there was a big delay in me getting getting things going again and for someone that loves being active and loves especially like I, I love hiking I love all of the, the, the great things that we have on our doorstep here in Donegal and coming into the summer and seeing all my friends and my peers going out and about living their best lives and I felt almost trapped in my house it was it I was in danger of turning in on myself and only for my my strength that I have learned and and grown over the 20 years I was able to pull myself out of that before it got to a stage where you know I I could have been in trouble and you're in a better place now 100% like I'm sitting here with my prosthetic and I'm not in pain Um, I could sit here all day I won't because I know you have things to do but um, yeah I am I'm just I'm so excited for the next chapter it's a great place to be Nikki, is there a person in business that you admire most? There is. This is a difficult one because there's so many people that I can think of straight away that I admire so much. But there's one person that many of your listeners will know, and that's a Mr. Michael Black. Um, Michael and his wife Mary have just taken over Whole Green and they're about to open it. Now, that would be a big enough job for the two of them to do by itself. But anybody that knows Michael knows that is by far not the only thing on his radar. Michael also works for Triathlon Ireland. He's extremely high up in Triathlon Ireland and deals with the athletes, um, deals with the the top end athletes in Triathlon Ireland. And he also owned Optimal Fitness, which was will always hold a special place in my heart because when I started um, my my experiment with exercise way back in 2013. Michael um, was the person I went to to ask for help. Um, I was on a lot of pain medication at the time and I wanted to get off it. I wanted to look at exercise as a form of rehabilitation for myself and it was thanks to Michael. To be honest, it was thanks to Michael that I'm where I am today, if I'm being completely open. He helped me on so many occasions Um, and as a business person, he... I think you can, when you're so busy with your own business and with your own life, you can forget to look around and forget to actually help people. Michael doesn't have that problem. It doesn't matter if he has 53 things on his to-do list. If I rang him right now, he would stop everything and have a conversation with me. And that says a lot about him as a person. Um, I won't go on too much because I'm like fangirling here, but he really is an inspiration to me and to many um, and I would encourage you when Whole Green does open it's the best coffee in the world go in and support um, a new business Tell me Nikki, if you could give your 16 year old self a bit of advice what would that be? This is not the answer that you're going to be expecting but if I was to give my 16 year old self advice it would be don't worry when your eyebrows fall off <laughs> Let me explain this. So obviously when I was 17, I was going through chemo and I lost my hair, lost my eyelashes, lost my eyebrows. Um, And as a 17-year-old young girl, that is a really traumatic thing to happen. I went to my prom wearing a wig. Um, I've never felt more self-conscious in my entire life. But actually, it wasn't the hair on my head that made me feel self-conscious. It was my eyebrows and eyelashes. I always think that that's what makes the person look sick when they don't have those. And back then, we didn't have all the wonderful beautician 
magic that we have now and um, where you can have you can actually have your eyebrows tattooed on you can have everything it's such a small thing but the the main message is don't get caught up in your looks don't get caught up in how you act in front of other people because there is something coming that is going to just blow things out of the water for you and it will change how you view your physical self and your mental self for the rest of your life um yeah i think it's there's many things i would tell my 16 year old self but but being at that age then and i think any young person that's possibly listening today will know that you're just so incredibly self-conscious and you're terrified of putting a foot wrong and embarrassing yourself. Um, I would have always gone red very easily and when I lost a bit of confidence that happened all the more and those little things all add up and it can stop you from going out there and living your best life. So, yeah. If you weren't the owner of the Motivation Factory today, what would you be doing with your life? I honestly don't know because getting sick and coming out the other side was the making of me as a person and everything I have done since was as a direct result of what happened to me so before I had my operation I was an adaptive adventurer and I know for a fact I will be again I have huge plans on the horizon Um, but that was actually kind of part of my job as well I also worked for triathlon Ireland Um, don't I I really don't think I would have done any of those things had I not have had I not come through my illness so I genuinely can't answer that question um, but all I will say is I'm I'm so happy that everything that happened to me did because it led me to today. I'm such a strong believer that everything happens for a reason and it's it's nice to be able to say that after the year that I've had um, because there definitely were moments that tested me um, but I kept saying to myself I had that faith that this is happening for a reason keep going, just put your head down soldier on, it'll start to make sense soon and I would give that advice to anybody um, in business or otherwise that if you're experiencing hardship just put that head down and keep going because you will come out the other side eventually And finally, Nikki what does the future hold for yourself and your business? I hope to, once I'm able to travel more easily I my goal with speaking is to start speaking in America I am obsessed with America, I always have been I lived in Montauk in upstate New York in 2008 for the summer and it changed my changed my life if I'm honest and it, the two girls that I went with changed their lives as well um, the American way is one that I really appreciate um, people are so friendly over there um, and I really want to bring my business to America so that is that's that's my business goal from an adventuring point of view I also want to up the ante and um, my plan once I get back on my feet is to climb Kilimanjaro it was on my radar before COVID um, and the, the trip was postponed three times and by the time it was actually able to go ahead when lockdown lifted, I was then preparing for surgery so unfortunately I had to let the group go ahead without me but it's still, there's a picture of Kilimanjaro on my laptop and it has been there since 2019. That screensaver will not go until I climb that mountain even if it takes me seven years. It will, it will be on the bucket list forever until I take it off. Nikki Bradley, motivational speaker and owner of the Motivation Factory. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Nikki Bradley. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. 
If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.